Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. And here's what you missed on Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Karina and Dean started season five. The new directions cover Beatles songs while Santana catches feelings for Demi. I mean, Danny. Tina gets elected prom queen, but it was ruined by another new class of awful cheerleaders. Clayne is now engaged, and Rachel Bryce, I mean, Rachel Berry, booked the role of Fanny Bryce. Then an actor strike happened for five months, and Karina and Ian talked about musical theater. But everyone is back to work, and now we have to share the saddest episode yet. And that's what you missed on Glee! Aggressive! It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Aggressive, glee, glee, aggressive, glee, aggressive, glee, aggressive, glee, glee, aggressive, glee, aggressive, glee, aggressive, ladies um and wouldn't you know it we're here to discuss quite the episode hopefully. that episode ick yick um if you know yep. you know uh yeah folks here it is it's season five episode three it is entitled the quarterback it originally aired october 10th of 2013 and yeah it's it's that episode. It is that episode, because um, if you're listening to this, you either know already or you're following along, um, but if you don't, a spoiler alert, this is the episode in tribute to Corey Monteith slash Finn Hudson, who yeah. has just recently passed away in 2013. Yes, in, in the timeline of yes. events. Yes, this is the Finn... This is really the Finn memorial episode, right? Because, like, yes. obviously the actor also died in real life, but this is Glee's solution to what do you, what do, you do when an actor dies in the middle of a TV run. Um, right. Some notable things. I guess one notable thing. I didn't have more than one in mind when I said that. This is um, an episode that is once again uh, written by the original three. This was written by Ryan Murphy, mm. Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. Much like seasons one and two, they decided to come back and uh, write this one. Um, and it was and also... I mean, this has a compliment. It shows. Yeah. Um, it's also the highest rated episode since season four's Britney 2.0. I did read that as well. I, I did dive into the uh, IMDb trivia on this episode after yeah. uh, my Me viewing too. today. It went... 40% view from the season premiere. Mmm. That's, yeah. I get it. Yeah, it had been Glee's best ratings in about a year, too. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. up 75% from last week's episode. Oof. Makes sense. Yeah. For a couple reasons. I mean, I feel fortunately like. Fortunately and unfortunately. A lot of people who fell off of Glee in season three, most of them. Um, right. Came back to see to watch this episode because they were like, "Well, what are they gonna do?" Or they had some, you know, they remembered Finn and the show fondly and wanted to like get that sort of closure. They really liked Corey Monteith and wanted to support. Like, there's a million, or they're just love drama and there's drama here. 
this is an episode for drama. So, uh, we open... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. How many jokes do you think you can fit in an episode that is mostly about the death of a beloved character? I mean, I will say to their credit, I feel like they fit in the right amount. Yeah. It would be... It would be distasteful if it were any more. Correct. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair and it wouldn't be good content if it were any less. Correct. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So we open on Seasons of Love, starting with all the new kids um and the uh alums Join, walk in yeah. in progress. They join and um I was kind of surprised they haven't done this yet. Seasons of Love. Like, they really did not yeah. touch a lot of Rent, all right. told. Like, when we talked about Rent in our Boko episode ages ago, I think we said, like, they do, like, two. And I was like, and I was like, just wait till they do one of them. Um, I, that sounds right. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, they will do more Rent, Ian. And then I just went I like mean, this. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were your own ellipsis. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I mean, uh, one point for us for being able to uh, call back to a Boko episode. Yeah, go. That's, if, that one's probably much happier than this one. Um, I, it's gotta be. Do you find Seasons of Love to be sort of like a makes sense inspired choice or a little bit overwrought? Because I feel like it kind of tips. It's right in the middle for me. Same. Um, I feel like it's an appropriate choice. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, like. I think there could have been better choices just given who they were memorializing. Right. Um, maybe, like, a song by an artist that he covered in the Glee Club or, uh, yeah. God help me for saying this, but even if there's, like, a known Journey ballad that would memorialize him, that could have been appropriate. I am a little surprised there was no, not a Journey mentioned in this episode. No journeys taken in this one, um, to us all, to all our surprise. But all that being said, I think this was incredibly well done. Yes. I thought, of course, you're going to have Mercedes on that first solo. Yeah, and she kills um, it, obviously. She kills it. Um, really tasteful to have other alums do that, split up that second solo. Yes, and very good Tina showcase there. Really, like, yes. that, she gets one line and she kills it to the point where I'm like, damn, they should have let Tina do more. Yeah. There's a little bit of justice for Tina, J4T, yeah. in this episode, but we'll get to it. And, uh, yeah, it's an effective song, especially at the end when they turn around and it's just a clear, it's just it's his like, yeah, big old face yeah. on. And, like, immediately I'm already, like, getting verklempt watching it. Cause you, mm -hmm. But, like, mostly because, like, you see, like, it very much is the cast, I feel like, reacting to looking up at that picture, not the characters. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we've we've read the trivia that a lot of things were first take only because they weren't looking to do a lot of like reshoots. Uh, yeah. So things were kind of one and done a lot of the time. So you can see a lot right. of really what looks to be very real emotions on a lot of people's faces. Understandably, right. a lot of this I was just saying. There's no acting here. This is just yeah, yeah. Th they happen to be saying words written for them, but they are not acting. Correct. And I mean that in a good way, yeah. of course. But and the title card has Finn, Finn as, the as a quarterback. Lead. Yeah, yeah, Doing which is his, very, like, journey very good. Arm out, like yeah, pose. 
We then like cut to two, three weeks since the funeral. Yeah, so we cut I to exposition, an... Kurt. Um, yes. Who explains? He basically lays out how he lays out how Glee is handling this, which is to say, it's the event is over. Like that was weeks ago. Anything like, so they're not worrying about like. No one is finding out this episode that he has died. Uh, we're not seeing any like ceremony about it. And he very explicitly says, "We're not talking about how he died." Mm-hmm. And so that is the thing that critics were really split on. Glee's choice not to assign a a cause of death. A to death, Finn. right? Yeah. I, I did think it was interesting. That choice all of in itself was very interesting. I like I'm not saying it's a bad choice. I actually think like they saved themselves a lot of pain and headache. Well it's like hard. To not, well, to not do a funeral, I mean. Yes, not do a funeral. I like can, that's what I'm talking about now, I'm sorry. Yeah, um I can like but like the choice to not reveal what why Finn died, your thoughts. I don't know, like it's one of those things where it almost doesn't need to be said because Corey Monteith's passing was so public yeah. that while it may feel inappropriate to give the character, like, it may feel appropriate to give the character a death, rather, yeah. but it also kind of feels a little inappropriate at the same time to undercut the, real, the very real, real cause yeah. of Corey Monteith's death and the pain and all everything that comes with the reality of addiction which yeah. as we know Corey Monteith passed away from an overdose and so like I think like that's like Glee couldn't easily have their character die the same way as the real person because then it's like right. you know Glee's too saturated with like teachable moments so if they chose like how are they going to handle in an one hour like a reveal and like PSA episode about like the problems with addiction, addiction. Although um, the Glee cast did film a series of, I think, PSAs actually for like that didn't air during mm. the episode, obviously. But like you have wow. him die any other way, and then like it almost feels disrespectful. It feels disrespectful, and again, Glee is how Glee's not great at handling like issues. Like, what he does he die in a car crash, and then it becomes like the car crash. Like you know, it's something they have to tackle it's something they have to handle whereas with this it's they're really just saying like this is just about remembering this right. character we're not it's not a moment it's not a teachable moment it's not a it's about the reality point. of grief yeah and remembering our friend yeah um and so kurt is heading back to ohio in this moment of mm-hmm. exposition um even tells rachel he's leaving we don't see rachel for a while yeah um, and I do think that, like, with not explaining the death, I thought they enveloped that well into the Kurt exposition of, like, who cares? Right. He was my brother, and at the end of the day, like, that's Yeah, what, it's, like, a little important. ham-fisted to be, like, I only care about, like, who, we're not, like, I only care about how he lived, that's what's important. It's, like, a little, like, sure. on the nose, but, like, what are you gonna do? It's still, like, a... Right. It's still a sitcom. Beast and Emma are back. Yep. Sue is also, I mean, it's in the teacher's lounge. We cut to the teacher's lounge, and Sue roasts Emma, um, and she planted a tree in the spot where she caught Finn and Quinn fondling each other's breasts. Yep. That's, 
That's I, I'll give them that. Our mention That's... of uh, also our elephant of the room of. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't sure if we were going to do that now or later, but go for it. Well, also like Kurt's line of like we're all going back, everyone who can, and it's like literally everyone except for Diana Agron. When, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if like she was like, no, I'm not going to come, or if she wasn't asked back. One thing I wrote, read said that she wasn't asked back. I, I did do my own research, mm-hmm. um, as Nicki Minaj would say. Um, it, it it appears as though there's there's all these headlines that's like Diana Agron speaks to why she wasn't there, but it all kind of circles back to her being like, it sucks that people took my absence as like something like to form opinions and thought pieces on when that show right. like she's really grateful for the show. She was heartbroken that she wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, doesn't really give, like, a specified reason. And when asked, Ryan Murphy was like, I don't know, I think she was working. Yeah. Because, like, not to spoil you forever, but, like, she does come back later this season. Mm. So it's not like you never see Quinn again. It's So it's a little right. weird that this was one that she wasn't here for, which maybe means it is just, like, sometimes you're working and... Sometimes you're on another continent yeah. and you can't fly back for three days. Or maybe she was really pissed at Ryan Murphy and didn't want to come. Like, either could be true, yeah. and either one are valid. Yes, that doesn't necessarily invalidate like whatever feelings she might have had about the situation. She just, it's still she at the just, end of the day a TV show. Like, so. yeah, yeah, that's that part. Yeah. Um. So. Um, Sue has a terrible Michael Chiklis post-op joke. Yeah. Um, but it's it's meta because Michael Chiklis is in American Horror Story. That's really all I have on that. Okay, um, I didn't know that. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, he's on several seasons of American Horror oh, Story. So how about that? Yeah. So very interesting. Um, and we learn Sue is grieving by insulting those who mean the most to her, which is a coincidence that she does that when she's not grieving. Yeah. So that's okay. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um gotta help everyone move on by not making a self-serving spectacle of our own sadness fair well yeah fair but also we got 40 minutes left of the show yeah so, sorry it is Sue. like it's a vaguely interesting idea of like we're the adults in this situation like yeah it is is it their responsibility to keep it together because they are the adults in this situation trying to help a bunch of kids with a very large loss of one of their peers yeah so right we then cut to the Glee Club. Um, she wants to take the week to memorialize him by doing what they do best, which is singing through their feelings. Yeah, which, like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Hooray for group therapy. Um, honestly, Glee, this is, Glee's going to do what Glee's going to do, and Glee is going to sing some things to process. Yeah. And this week, that's valid. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I don't know what my next note says, but yeah. That's fine. My next note is... Yeah, we basically, he's like, so starting tomorrow, we'll we'll all sing songs, either once Finn sang or once to remind you, and Mercedes is like, no, nah, here, I'm going for it, I've been crying for three weeks, let's, let's go. Let's go, and so she has a great rendition of I'll Stand By You. Yes, the song that Finn sang to the sonogram. Um, which? Which she talks about, like, brings it up. Yeah. And she kills it, of course, like. Of course. Um, what I thought was interesting from, like, a technical standpoint of, like, so, and this happens several times within the episode, that someone's up there singing a solo, and then the choir room comes in as backup. And I was really curious what they did 
first. If they had the track with backing vocals recorded, um, mm. and then people were kind of told, like, look, at least some of you have to lip sync along as if you're doing backup vocals, but if you feel like you can't or your character wouldn't, don't worry about it. Because, like, during that one, Kurt's very conspicuously not singing. Artie's very conspicuously not singing. Or did they do it first and then go through and, like, ADR, like, who they could get backing vocals? Like, the backing vocals don't sound distinct enough to be any particular... Like, it was I, I, definitely Marley's now, like, doesn't matter. But I was curious I, how they handled that in the moment. Yeah, and I wonder that, too, because on top of that, it felt like it was almost a choice for the new kids, the, the current students, to be the only background vocalists. Yeah. That was almost their job this episode. So I'm wonder, I, I, too, wonder kind of how that If they said, like, you guys to have to... Someone's got to mouth along in this, from the bleachers like to show right. that there's and also, like, singing happening yeah with that like some of those cutaways during this song in particular like there was one cutaway to Artie yeah. that just like broke Oof. my yeah. heart um, a couple cutaways throughout this episode to Kurt that were just yeah. really heart wrenching um, and like it was almost that that made me like that got me and my feelings more than the songs sometimes. I would agree it's like the the very honest seeming and I'm not guessing not having to act yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good cover um, it's you know obviously love having Amber, Amber Riley, Riley around even for a, such an occasion yeah yeah to count our blessings mm-hmm. we then get Kurt and Sue's office um, apparently uh, well Sue was like thank you for raising the funds for the memorial tree for your stepbrother and Kurt's like I drove to Home Depot and paid $20 for a tree mm-hmm and the tree is now gone. Yeah. Someone vandalized the memorial. Me- meanwhile, cut away to Puck having Puck it in his in his hotel, hotel or room where he's eating something that he has sliced with a pocket knife, very like right. hoodlum style. Yeah, but put a pin in the pocket knife, baby. Yes, Chekhov's um, pocket knife. Check. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then when we cut back, Kurt just gives her money for another a new tree, $20 for a new tree. Another $20. That's hilarious. Um, and then, like, one two punch, uh, or the whiplash, rather, of having to cut to Bert, Kurt, and Carol in, in Finn's room. Oof. Having to decide, like, what's packing up, what right. they're keeping. And, like, again, like, it's been about three Oof. weeks for them. So Carol's like, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. Like,. Having Kurt there is probably helpful. Then they're all, you know, oh, a big sure. support family. And they're going through his stuff. There's, like, a close-up shot of him and Rachel that's, like, tacked above his desk. They reference, like, the football game, like, the game-winning ball that Kurt the, hands uh, off to single Bert. single ladies thing. Yep. Um, the lamp from the basement renovation that Bert insists on, like, that Finn apparently kept to, as, mm-hmm. like, that Carol says, like, he kept that to to show Bert basically that like he got it he understood right. the message there and Bert is basically like I was like too hard on him then which like I think is a little bit like I get where Bert is coming from and also it's like it's a bit of a survivor's remorse there. yeah I'm like mm, I don't know if you were too hard on him in the moment I do understand that you were both so. learning the lesson of like right heteronormativity he does, but... I guess in the moment but 
you were vet- you were justified to yell at that yeah Don't absolutely worry. and it was cool of him to like put it in his own perspective of yeah. like i was i was saying that for me more than for him yeah but also it was clearly for him and of course this is a reference to like the time finn refers to this lamp like in an f slur kind of way Manner, yes bert insists on keeping it and then um kurt pulls out the letterman jacket yeah um very important letterman jacket very important um and like i i thought it was really interesting in a good way like really cool of kurt to say like seeing him wear that it felt like superman arrived and like yeah that was when glee was doing their job right right i would yeah. agree with them yeah. like that was that was the finn archetype and yeah yeah there's some really devastating parts of this like Bert's whole thing about, like, feeling like he should have hugged him more, which feels like a very real Midwestern, like, gruff dad kind of remorse. Carol's whole line of, like, oh, God. having Carol's to be a parent monologue. without a child anymore, which is just, like, a knife to the heart. And then they're all, like, sitting on the floor and crying together, and it's very hard and very real feeling. Yeah. That's that incredible oh work from all three of them. Yes, the whole episode could have just been the three of them. And yeah, and then I wouldn't have been able it to rewatch been. it ever because I it mean, would have been right. too much. <laughs> it would have been, but it would have been so good. Yes. It would have been very good. Um, yeah, Carol's an angel. Mm-hmm. We love our angel. Um, we then cut to the dumpster, which is which then like references okay. the very opening of the pilot. Okay, look, I get that. This is the weirdest thing to memorialize. Like, ah, this is the dumpster he... Like, no. <laughs> In which I was thrown by him. No, this is Empire where you have, like... I get that there's a lot of ways you want to memorialize this this kid, this kid. But being like, let's write We'll Miss You Finn on the dumpster on which he used to bully gay people. And that's not it, guys. That's not I'll it. I'll give you that. Okay, There's got to be other places you could the football field like sure no you're right and please i mean they already have another one inside the school i know which like we will talk about but um yeah he like ah here's his dumpster from his bullying days let's spray paint it with remember love. those yeah no uh, no thank you bit off the mark um and then like interesting that kurt is there supporting it too right um, like like he's there being like don't you remember this dumpster i'm like the one they threw they put you in a trash this is <laughs> in I, a trash they put you in a trash right there and i know he's your yeah. he was your brother then now and now it's like a whole different thing but let's not forget that this is not like a cool happy memory no <laughs> there's gotta have been another thing especially for it to be coming from kurt um, but whatever, right. the, it's all just so that Puck can walk up and be like, what are you doing? Give me that jacket. And Kurt's like, no, yeah. what are you going to do? Puck. Beat me up yeah. and throw me in the throw dumpster? Me in the dumpster, yeah. Puck is on his, his, anger, his anger game. Right, which like, we get. We're looking at a lot of different kinds of grief. Puck's his angry grief, obviously. Right. And then when you come back from commercial, there's Fire and Rain by James Taylor, which this I thought was a good this choice. Was good. I'm surprised... I'm surprised we don't have more Finn, or we didn't have more Finn and or Sam, even and or Artie doing James Taylor kinds of stuff. I feel like that would have been very apropos for their characters, yeah. of course, for their voices. Oh, yeah. For um, the voices, this sounds great with Sam and Artie. Yeah. Like, they sound great together. They should do more work together. And it's 
Agreed. A great song for them and a really, like, a very good choice. Also, like, both, like, in and a good in-character choice, too, I feel like. Yes. Like, it Absolutely. makes a lot of sense that they would choose that song as the song they want to sing to Finn. Yeah. It was just overall really well done. Yes. Um, also interesting in that scene I found was Tina and Santana sitting next to each yeah. other. Yeah. Which, like, it's one of those things where we always talk about Tina. We always talk about Santana. I don't know if we've ever had a moment of Tina and Santana together. No. So Like, nothing of significance. This episode really, I feel like, breaks a little bit of character in some ways. And we'll talk about this later, too. But, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, Naya Rivera and particularly Kevin Hale and Jenna Oshkowitz were all pretty close. Um, so I think there is some, like character bending oh because that's mm. who else is missing uh heather morris is missing she was missing yes she just that had was a baby. the other one um right so like there's not a clear answer of who santana would be with like hanging out with right. so and like that's I, interesting because it would have sorry to cut you off but i mm. think it would have been really interesting we do get a lot of santana plot in this yes for her to have had a line addressing that Brittany and Quinn are not there without like making it about the fact that, right, like, that they're not Diane Agron is yeah. like what's up there and like Heather Morris just delivered a baby three days prior or whatever. I think there could have been something in there about like I'm gr- like I am growing up and changing in my real life and without and being back here that's painful and without Brittany and Santana here like who, who am I've I? I've got even? no one here for it, right because like yeah yeah she's and like she Rachel's still with, not there right, at the time. She hangs out with Rachel and I guess to some point Kurt in the city, but like they really haven't established them as like friends and we see her and Kurt a little bit, but, but yeah. So to answer the like interesting that it's Tina and Santana, I do think that's a little bit of like actor, not character moment happening. Right. Yeah. And in the middle of the song or towards the end of the song, Santana gets up and leaves. She gets up and goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she approaches Santana in the hallway, uh, approaches the, Locker Memorial. Memorial. Okay. It's very sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet, but, but I think, go on. Someone, that's someone's locker that's now, That's someone's right? locker, thank you, yeah. It's that not like Finn to... graduated and they were like, now we don't like, need to use that locker Retire anymore. the number, retire the locker, this is done. Some poor kid, they had to be like, you gotta clear out, we gotta make this the memorial. And he's just like, okay. You know, big Daria energy. Or the, he just, that person, I'm assuming it's a guy, I don't know, can't access their stuff for three weeks because at least and also like i know it's supposed to be like oh they're taking their candles away but i'm like you really can't have that many like candles right inside of a school they're right right like get the little electric baddies that you know oh yeah there's a way also uh one point for glee's continuity we see dotty tina's assistant in her yes. Cheerios uniform. Yes. She, they followed through. She was allowed to join the Cheerios because she uh, slushy carried uh, <laughs> Tina last episode. Yes, so she did. So good for you, Glee, for, mem- for following through on one singular Very promise. Very basic, yeah. Interesting Santana learning in that moment that Figgins is now the janitor <laughs> and not the principal. Terrible of Figgins to call Bree the new Santana Lopez versus the old Santana Lopez. That's... Of course, that's a writing thing, not yeah. a Figgins thing. But yeah, so that this, of course, is all an impetus for Santana to storm into Sue's yeah. office, call her literally a miserable, self-centered, cold-hearted bitch, 
Um, they used doesn't... they used that like how many words can get we get away with saying this episode? They used them all. Oh, yeah. in this scene, they used them all. Hot wet monkey's ass. What you yeah. think? As in, she doesn't care what. Uh, uh, hot wet monkey's ass. What do you think? Yep. Santana's like I've hated you ever since the day I met you. You never had a nice word to say about Finn Hudson, and Sue's like. You should leave. You got to get out of here. I will call the police for assault. And she's like, "That's not assault. This is assault." And then she fucking pushes, pushes Sue pretty Sue. hard. Yeah, I. Yeah. There was, and then she's still just a, in the school later that day, which I'm like, that right. wouldn't happen. That would not have happened. She definitely should have been ejected from the school. You can't Absolutely. assault the principal and just then go back and hang out in the choir. And room. then just go to the auditorium. Especially yeah. not when you're not a current matriculating student. You're just like an adult who a is pedestrian. There. Yeah. Yeah. But, <sighs> so she's also got a lot of, she's got a lot of anger. Got a and lot of anger. And guilt also, we find out, but, yeah. Yes. We cut to Tina in Emma's office. Yeah. Here's our little, like, we had justice make, for Tina, justice she's for She's got to be Jenna the butt Oshkowitz. of the joke that she, you know, especially, like, it's so dumb because Tina's our character who, like, can never stop crying. Like, who's always overly emotional, who who broke down singing My Funny Valentine. And... But this episode where it's, like, really serious, she's like, I can't keep wearing black because it's ruining my image to be mourning this whole time. And she gets some pamphlets from Emma, including... First um, pamphlet watch of the season. Yes. It might be the only TB quite age. Um, Meh. It's it's not all about you when to stop talking and wait in my callus. So, like, that's... It feels very out of character for Tina, our previously so emotional, feels everything character to then be the especially one who... Especially having just been... Yeah, especially having, yeah, especially having just been just humiliated been and Just been redeemed. And just been redeemed to be the one who's being like, ugh, I'm making this about me and about poor fashion choices. Like... Right. That's And they sucks. don't even give her enough to be like, oh, Tina's coping mechanism is going inward yeah. on herself. Right. No. So... I didn't like that. I get that they're yeah. like, we need some levity, and Tina's our, our butt character, so yeah. here you go. It, but uh, it also just kind of felt like, how do we build a pamphlet watch? How do from, we get like, into within... Emma's office? Yeah. Right. And so, whatever. I didn't care for it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that just feels like the catalyst for Tina leaving and Will entering. Yes. To discuss the fact that Emma was there when he got the phone call and noticed that he hasn't cried in the three weeks since. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will has a bit of a, like, sparky reaction to this and saying, right. like, what you don't think, what, what do you think, I'm heartless? No, like, I'm feeling more than I know how to express. Like, and I'm like, yeah, because, like, we we roast him for this, but it's like, yeah, that's that was your best friend, dude. Best friend. Like, of course. But he's also, like, in the position, like we said at the top, that... He's got to be the adult. He's got to be the teacher in this situation. Like, he can't. That's the other part. So he's, like, he's repressing a little bit. Like, I, you know, he, right. that kind of grief where you're just, like, I'll keep going and I'll keep, I'll hold all my emotions right here and then I'll die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Relatable, honestly. So he's, um, he's really, I, I, I feel like that was actually a pretty good will kind of choice for him to be, like, he's got to be the one to hold it all together. He has to be the rock. He, yeah. Yeah, cause he, yeah. He's a teacher for a bunch of kids it's not like this is something he can they're not his peers they're not his friends he can't be honest with them what's really sad to me in in a different kind of sad Mm -hmm. is that this could have been 
Will Schuster for the first four seasons. The, like, this could have been his character. Yeah. And not the sort of, like, I mean, this, that's a bigger issue, but, like, not the sort of wishy-washy, almost creepy weirdo that we go in and out of. Will Matthew Morrison, Will being a teacher, mm-hmm. having to process these boundaries, feel very real feelings, while also feel like he has to be the anchor that's really interesting that was so well done yeah. in this episode yeah. um it would have been great to have seen more of that up to this point yeah and but no like but no yeah what really, it, he probably should have been dealing because yeah it's his, it's his best friend um but you know at least he has some boundaries candies and nuts yeah at least he um, had some boundaries this episode because it really would have been inappropriate yes. for him to be like unloading onto his students. So, right. Um, and another bummer for me in this is that Emma being here, love seeing her. Yeah. Emma's doing a great job as like uh, a, a school counselor. Yeah. It is kind of a bummer to me that her only function here is to be an emotional dumping ground. She's really here to just be the adult in the room. As some like, right. it almost feels like they brought Jamie Mays in to be like, you haven't been on set for a while. Like, obviously you're still affected, but you you can probably like. We need you to carry some weight. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, we then cut to the locker room, Puck and Beast. This is a uh, grieving duo that makes a lot of sense to me. I was really happy about this yeah. because if we remember, was this season three or four? <laughs> when did Puck graduate? Last year. Wait, so, no, season okay. three. <laughs> so end of season three because yeah. season four was one half a year, yep, yep, weird, yep. whatever. So uh, this was a happy callback to have the the one person that believed in Puck yep. be there for Puck and in return Puck be there for Right. Her. Like, um, these were the two people also who knew Finn out of the Glee context, right? Like, right. Like that's his football coach, which is also, that's his, you know, best buddy from before Glee. Like they were coming at it from a different perspective. Like besides just Finn, the leader of Glee club, they also like, that's why they use so many heavy handed quarterback, uh, references. Cause that's also how they knew him is like a, very important sports boy so (laughs) right he was their leader too yes puck enters drunk yeah um he's apparently been drunk for three weeks roughly they talk about their feelings puck saying uh if he starts crying he's afraid he'll never stop because that was his best friend yeah he does have a bit of a tantrum and i thought it was really sweet how beast was like finn Finn would knock the chair chair. puck was like Puck was like his specialty. Yeah, right. That it wasn't that just um, being like you're out of line. Like with like no, like feel your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Beast really gives Puck the space to, to yeah, to feel his grief, to feel his feelings. Doesn't be like calm and down, you're out of line. Like be like no, right. like. While also giving him the reality talk of, yes, Finn was the one that kept you. On, like in yeah. line and kept you on track and now you have to you do have that to for do it yourself, yourself. And yeah. she says you got to be your own quarterback yes and uh from here we get the idea of uh could we retire his number maybe frame his letterman jacket yeah. people should know who he was um yes but you have to promise to bring the tree back right yeah 
yes, I really, this was nice, I thought. I thought this was a good sort yeah. of arc for these two characters. Any other instance it would have been corny, but, like, yep. at the very end of it, with Puck being like, fine, I took it, but it was a garbage tree, and mm-hmm. Beast being like, well, you know, It'll, trees it was, grow. Yeah, it was both funny, and that idea of, like, that Puck did not consider the idea that a tree would grow, but also, like, <laughs> a good metaphor for, like, grief and... As you yeah. move on, the tree will move on. They will get bigger. The memories won't go away. They'll just like, you know, you'll move they'll on. Settle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cut to Santana making fat jokes about Finn. Yep. Um, classic. We don't love it, the but defense we, mechanism. we will put a pin. Put yeah, yeah. exactly. Pin, small pin put in that. Um, and she sings, "If I Die Young." This is where I remember that they hooked up. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget that. That's or else you will. It, if you forget that that happened, a lot of you Santana's uh, shit will not make sense. Um, right. Yeah, so she sings If I Die Young by the Van Perry, a song I do not particularly like. And Same. So I don't want to talk about it much. Um, and then she, That's like, fine. breaks down midway through singing it. Like, a, Did we talk about this one with Gleek of the Week? Maybe. It sounds like... I don't know why I remembered this one. We didn't cover it on, uh, on Gleek of the Week, no, but we might have discussed it with someone at some point. Makes sense. But um, I don't recall. But yeah, this is... Okay. She has like a heaving, sobbing breakdown in the mid... Um, and apparently, according to, I think, the IMDb trivia, that w- it was scripted, but she did it earlier than like then, scripted. Yeah, I even. saw that too. Um, also, yeah. now that I'm thinking of it, so we're recording this, maybe... Within the Pretty week of, of Naya Rivera and Cory Monteith's passing anniversary. Yes, in fact, that um, the day her body was found was the seven-year day of his anniversary of the day of his death. So it was very right. kind of like um, odd happenstance that right both of the like that that was the day she was found passed on the same day. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, um, and. And I could see this being super real for Naya Rivera because so yeah, so, solely based on the fact that like when like the anniversary, the, uh, a lot of our podcast cohorts, yeah, Gleek of the Week specifically, posted a lot of things tributing Naya and talking about how Corey and Naya were actually very close. So that's IRL. what I was going to talk about. Yeah, so because like. The connection that they give Santana and Finn for Santana having all these really big feelings feels very tenuous, right? Because it really just Mm -hmm. comes down to he was nice to her when they hooked up and some story about her sitting on a piece of cake, right? Right. It's not a lot to be... And, like, everyone can feel feelings, but it feels like Santana having a really large reaction for a character that she's only ever really been mean to and hooked up with once in a way that was never, right. like, brought up again. Like, right? It, it happened that season, and then literally we've all forgotten about it because it was so little yeah. of a plot point. Their relationship was so not early too. something that was explored. But I I read uh, Rivera's, like, memoir, like, early 2020. Oh. Um, when, in the throes of quarantine. And she basically said, like, her and Corey were really close in real life. And so this was the writers, this creators giving Naya a chance to send off 
like it's more of a personal connection for Naya and Corey than for Finn and Santana. Right. So they're giving, which is why it, there's so much Santana connection in this for reasons that don't really make sense within like the Glee canon. They're giving right. it to her as like, as as someone who the like a person who cared about Corey Monteith. That that's yes. why they're doing this. So it which, doesn't like... totally land in the show to me. But knowing the okay. background, it helps. That's another one of those things that... Like, you need the context... They can, they can blend together, yeah. You need the context to understand why. Because, like, like, Kurt giving Santana the Letterman jacket makes no sense to me if you're just looking at it as Finn and Santana and the sure. whatever connection she feels there. But as, like, a tribute to the relationship that whatever relationship Corey and Naya apparently had. Sure. I can buy it then, but it, yeah, I needed, I needed the background context for this to make a lot of sense to me. Cause sure. otherwise I find okay. it like a little disparate. Suddenly Santana's heaving, sobbing, crying, uh, over right. a character that she spent that who outed her in the hallway. Like, Oh, you're right. Like, they've had a really rough history they have like, like I do rem- I was just thinking like Finn has definitely called out Santana in public on more than yeah, one Yeah, they were on neutral terms at best, I would say most of the time. Right? right. Like <laughs> they tolerated each other. And like I know some of it is Santana's like I mean to everyone defense bullying mechanism, but she was also like pretty mean to Finn. Enough of the time that he retaliated in a way that was far worse by outing her in the hallway. Right. But, you know, a weird, it, it's a weird energy unless you kind of know the, right. the real life vibes of it. Right. And knowing the real life vibes, I'll, I give it, I'll give it a pass. Right. That. You kind of have to then. Cause you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's someone mourning <laughs> the loss of a good friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So with that, yeah. I mean, we covered it. Kurt finds her in the auditorium. She, had nice words to say that she'd even wrote down. Right. Um, and she still Kurt couldn't even, get them out because she's, you know, got to gotta keep up the she Santana. She chickened out. Yeah. Um, really good for Finn for being a very considerate and consent-seeking lover. Yep, good. Um, and uh, Kurt assuring her that, uh, I have it written down here somewhere, it is true he cared about you, and he wouldn't have done that if he didn't think you were decent mm-hmm. as well. Right. Because Santa's, cause Santana says he was a much better person than I am. Right. Kurt responds with that, which is very sweet. And then Santana sends him away, but Kurt does leave her, like you said, the with the Letterman jacket. jacket. Yeah. Sweet gesture, but like you said, without the IRL context, can seem... Feels weird. Uh, can feel weird, yeah. I think the first time I watched this episode, I was like... Why is Santana doing the most right now? And why are they giving her the space to do the most? Like, it didn't make sense sure. to me until after I learned the the real-life okay. context. Sure. We then cut to Puck singing a song. He sings No Surrender by Bruce Stringstein. A very oh. appropriate... Uh, very appropriate. Very appropriate choice, because it's within the genre yeah. that they both frequented... Um, yeah, they did great with, like, the Springsteen classic rock kind of deal. Yeah, it sounds like, from the lyrics I was paying attention to, it sounded like a song about best buds. Yeah, tribute to a couple yeah. of guys being roustabouts. Yes, which makes sense, so. Weird seeing Puck with a full head of hair. Yes. That's really all I got it on is. that, but. Yeah, he's got his adult haircut on now. 
And then yeah, Santana enters after the song is like the song is good. Yes, he does the song a good is good. He does a good it. job. It's a it's a classic puck acoustic guitar classic yeah. rock song. Like right. no notes I really. Do, yeah, no note. Um, but Santana does enter again, accusing Puck of stealing the jacket. Right. Because she can't find it. It was she took a grief siesta, she calls it, and then woke up. It was gone. And Will breaks up the fight before it can begin. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone automatically assumes it's Puck. Kurt says, "Look, you can have it, but I need it back tomorrow." Yep. And Will says, "I'm not saying you took it, but if you did." It would I make understand sense. That everybody wants to who keep... wouldn't want a, a piece of, of Finn? Write that down. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Um, Put a pin in that. <laughs> Santana then returns to Sue's office to apologize. Yep. But Sue cuts her off saying, you were right about everything you said. I was horrible to him. Yeah. And I'm destroyed knowing that he might not have liked me. And It's the heart to heart of the two people who like use, who can't stop bullying even when they want to, basically. Right. It makes sense for the two of them to also be having this conversation. Two people whose main concern is, I was so rude to him and mean to him, and now he's gone, and I won't ever have a chance to rectify that, even though I I knew he was a a good teacher, a good friend, a good kid, yeah. And in this instance, I thought they did a good job of sort of justifying what was missing from the character Santana Finn thing, Yeah, which was Sue saying, like, look, I thought... He was going to be a great teacher that he would just come back and he and I would banter. Right. And it would just be, you know, regular old, the two of us butting heads or whatever. But in the end, like, there's no happy ending. He's just gone. And yeah. that's just really it. And that And sucks. she says, like, the thing everyone's thinking, like, so much wasted potential. It's, it's, it's no fair. Like. Right. Yeah. Because that's what everyone was thinking about Cory Monty. Right. Like. He was, it, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. Which was good. Like, Jane Lynn sells the hell, hell out of it. I even oh, yeah. buy, like, with all the Sue ups and downs that she would have that feeling of, like, I thought I could just go on being the same mean, you know, bully I always am and it would be fine. But now this tragedy has happened and I feel bad about it. Funny that this is, like, actually so appropriate for yeah. Sue, the character. It's wild considering they didn't do a lot of appropriate things all the time that they managed to hit this one. Yeah, which, good for them. Um, Like, I don't think... It would have been fine if Sue was not here. Um, Yeah. We didn't need it, but that what they did with her was the right thing, is my my stance. I agree. Again, it's that, like, it's that original trio, Mm -hmm. dare I say, magic. Yeah. Of how they can, when they need to, tackle something with grace. Yep. We cut back to the hallway rem- hallway memorial. And Everyone's laying something down to remember him by. The drum and here's down. Rachel. What? Okay. First of all, even Kitty is like, this is kind of cheesy, which is like, you know, acknowledging that like, this is kind of a lot. We, we're doing a lot, but you know, what else are we going to do? And then what an effective use of bringing Rachel in like over halfway through the episode. We have not seen her. Right. We've not even talked about her. Um, that's yeah. She hasn't even come up except for when like when Kurt, Kurt at the beginning was like Rachel talks her off screen. Yeah. yeah, and of course we know that like a lot of this has to be because at the time they were t- dating. Leah Michelle, yeah. yeah, Leah Michelle and uh, Corey were dating, so it's like you can't have her. You not, can't just you be can't like report have her to not set. Be that. Yeah, like she probably needed to be handled with care. 
Um, oh yeah. And it, and they like, the following scene is Rachel in the choir room, and mm-hmm. a lot of it feels like Leah talking, right? Like, yes. Yes. It's like I mean she sings, um, "Make You Feel My Love." By Bob by Dylan. Bob Dylan via Adele. As covered by Adele, yes. This is the <laughs> yes. Adele cover for sure. Boy. She does have a little bit of an Adele accent on it, she too. She does, yeah. Uh, if you want to be punched in the stomach with emotion, watch this. Because... If you want, she is difficult, but boy, can she sing. She can sing, watch but this. also, like, the re- very real emotions coming from Leah Michelle, like, singing this song 100%. to... 100%. Like, her... Like, in character and out of character. Like, oh, it can't yeah. get more real than that. And then, oh my god, this is the one, though, where all the cutaways to the cast just kill you. Because also, all these people are watching their probably at least a little bit friend, like, someone they know who just lost, you know, their significant other, sing, mm-hmm. like, their whole heart out. Like, Jenna Ushkowitz is fully sobbing. Like, you took the words out of which my mouth. Takes like does not look like someone who was in the guidance no. council earlier, being like, "I'm just tired of wearing black." Like, right, especially because she and Leah do have a history pre Glee. Yeah, they apparently were at least somewhat friends. Yeah. outside of context, yeah. like that's like no one was acting here, especially Jenna. Jenna Eskowitz is it's heartbreaking, and like oh, yeah. Mercedes is like and. Every uh, the shot of like Sam, like hunched over mm-hmm. into I don't even know who he's sitting with. Uh, oh, he was sitting. He was a uh, buddy buddy with Mike Chang. Yes, they were yeah. hanging on to each other. It was just so real. Everyone is just watching Leah Michelle sing this song to Corey, and yeah. it's heart wrenching. So effective, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, it's all too real. I could I. I would not be able to go back and watch that with any regularity because it's just like right. I'm getting teary eyed like watching it. It's and I was like, it's oh, a, it's God. impactful. It's yeah. very impactful. Such a good use of Rachel to like have her come yeah. in, sing a really heartfelt song, um, and then step away just from let that, that moment. Settle, yeah. yeah. We then cut back to the hallway, mm-hmm. um, where we'll see Santana basically hanging um like lost wanted flyers. Yeah, lost wanted flyers. Um, will will reward and Santana's like, oh, there's no reward. Um, it's yeah, because the reward's like ten thousand dollars, like right. And Sue's like, uh, Will is like, huh, some reward there. Yeah. Um, they do have a really sweet moment between Santana and Will, talking about like what's it like to watch all your kids grow up and leave the nest, and mm-hmm. Will saying it's better than the alternative. Yeah. Oof. This would have been a great Which moment in this conversation where Santana's basically like, I don't really like this isn't home anymore, especially for her to be like, like, look around, who's here for me, right? Yeah. This would have been the perfect place Where to bring up, like, basically like, Brittany and Quinn are not here. Yeah, like, we, I'm, this isn't home, I probably won't ever be back to Lima. Uh, they didn't do that, but they, they, they had, that's the conversation. They just don't bring right. up Brittany or Quinn in it. Quinn. Uh, we then get Puck replanting the tree. With bees, um, yeah. Yeah, splitting a root beer. This uh, tr- still trippy to me that like Finn, the character, is just these are kids born in 1994. Yeah, like it maybe because we're watching it from today, but it feels so weird that like 
these feel like such kids. Yes. But 1994 is like, those are our contemporaries. Right, yeah. Like, like even when this came out while we were in college, like, these are our contemporaries. They were basically our age, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Puck announces he's going to Army because... He's going to Army. There's no other way. Top Gun. No other way for him to keep in line, so he's going to join. Yeah, he wants to be Top Gun. He's like, I'm joining the Air Force. And Beast is like, I'm pretty sure those were naval aviators. And then there's just, like, this beat where... It's like, oh. He's like, uh-oh. Um... <laughs> But they cut they cut away from the tree, and he is carved with Chekhov's pocket knife quarterback, quarterback. into it, um, which is an, a very nice touch. Um, oh yeah, it'll be fa- like another thing. Like I thought about like as that tree grows, that that will always be in there. Very cool. Like very cool. Also very impactful. A yeah. very impactful little moment. Yeah, a good arc. A good like arc for puck in this episode that they were like yes and a very good way to because i don't know season five was supposed to be really fin heavy like yes he talked about it i think with the writers especially because he had relapsed and was like in rehab at the end of season four that he was like i need to work i need to be doing things so you know let me make this my focus and so i don't know if puck was supposed to be part of that arc for him um, so sure. if he was, then this is also like kind of a send off for what to do with Puck without Finn. Cause without Finn, there's not yeah. really a spot for Puck in the show anymore. That's a good point. So it was a, a smart choice for them. Yeah. And, um, interesting you bring up like what was supposed to happen yes. because that's what the this next, next scene, scene is. Yeah. is, well, it's, yeah, it's between Rachel and Will, yeah. um, Rachel saying like I've heard ev- like you've let everyone grieve but yourself and mm-hmm. they talk they have a really real discussion of how are you I'm okay but not okay but yeah, okay yeah, yeah. which that's real um, we get Rachel's processing of um, I had it all planned out I was going to make it on Broadway yep. maybe do a Woody Allen movie mm. uh oh and then one day I would just walk through these doors um, he would be teaching. I would say, I'm home, and we'd live happily ever after. So um, it's very well-known lore at this point that that is literally, like, the paragraph Ryan Murphy had to describe how the series was going to end. Like, that's it. That's Rachel Berry. That's Leah Michelle reading how this how Glee was supposed to end as a series, and they could not yeah. do that. Like, Which that, is tragic. That, I believe that's literally the final scene would have that, that mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy had written it. Like... Yeah. Sketched out that now famous Rachel Berry walks back to, goes back to Lionel walks in the choir room to see Finn, who is now the new Will, and they end up happy everything. Like they were endgame, as they say. Yeah. And it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty chilling. Yeah. Knowing that that was, like, knowing what was supposed to be and what can't be. Yeah. It would, like, that's it. Because it's impossible. There's no, you can't spoil an ending that can't happen anymore, so. That, yeah. Wow, that's. Yeah, right? Um, that's chilling. Um, also very Leah Michelle saying he was my person. Yep. Very Um, Grey's Anatomy coded. But also very sweet for, like, a little out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, because they don't even bring up, like, the Fanny Bryce of it all for her to say, I never thought I could sing again, but you. Top, but like thanks to you now i can mm-hmm. okay yeah mm-hmm. like you're gonna have to regardless kid you're an employed actor now right um so she had a plaque made 
that was it. That was the next thing. Um, very sweet for them to have this moment of, that's what he said? Yeah. Yeah, well, he was smart. Just... It in an unconventional way, yeah. way. and yeah. his plaque says the show must go all over the place or something place or something which is from and like oh, what? a night of neglect yes thank you just because i happened to just look it up yep and like part, like why that had like a double hit for me was because i remember you bringing that up when we watched that episode mm-hmm. and we're recapping it and i was like oh, i remember that and yeah. talking about it yeah and, you know reminiscing about this dude that I only that I met one time in in a hot topic so he signed my poster yes um which is one more time than I've met him so right so really it's me mourning my friend today um it's not I'm sorry um (laughs) Jesus Christ Ian sit down Um, look it's hard when you do a a comedy recap podcast about a hit tv show (laughs) but one episode has to be about the sad episode where a real life person and though so therefore a character died. It puts right. you in a weird spot for yeah. your comedy podcast. Right. Ugh. Anyway, um <laughs> I think we just go right to Will's apartment after this, right? Yeah. A very a very nice a correct ending, yeah. I think. Of Will comes home, he's alone. He sits down and opens his bag. He takes stole out the, the Letterman jacket. jacket. Will Schuster's a thief. Never forget. Yep. And very soon after, Emma comes home, opens the door. From her point of view, we see her walk towards the living room, and Will has broken it's down, crying yeah. into the jacket, which is yes. Yep. Correct. Let it all out. Let it all out. Emma sitting down to be there for him, hugging him, like one review no, I said no notes said that this was the most like loving scene between them in since like the first or second season, and that includes their wedding and proposal. I know. Oh man, this was so much more romantic than their right? entire wedding saga. This is the most like real, true life couple scene that they've had in ages. Right. Ugh. But that's and then that's we end it. with Corey's name. Yeah. And um, what and what else could they do? That they've done it. They, what else? There was so I think it might have been like at some point on streaming that so when they aired this, obviously the credits played silently. Um, mm. But I think at one point on streaming, it did not, and so like the the theme music fully played today okay right? it's not supposed yeah. to it wasn't it did not do that when it aired but now in streaming i believe do that. it so then you're like very somber and you're just watch will go and then it's like yeah right and you're like oh like the end credits read the room exactly because you know some people are watching this like fully sobbing and then suddenly to have to hear the like and you're like, like not stop. now um boy but that's it you know i i it was always going to be a hard episode i think they did pretty good all considering how they handled the emotional turmoil of a school shooting episode aka badly they handled this oh my god i forgot all about care, that right the bar right. was low this one was a lot and yeah. the stakes were higher but they handled it with mm-hmm. a lot more care. But it was more personal of an issue. Like it's a lot easier to it be was. genuine when it's not a, a for pretend. It's for real. Right. And at the same time, this 
very much remind me of when they were able to tackle like Kurt's coming out. Yeah. Of course, that was also very personal. Yes, exactly. For Ryan Murphy and company. So it's like, cool. They still got it. They still can do it. And we're, we we love to see that. Right. They can only maybe pull it out when the stakes are so high and the situation is so dire. Have to, but yeah. they can still do it. Um, right. It's, want, a redeeming, it's a redeeming quality. Yeah. You want to talk about a little bit of music? There's not a ton. Might as well. Only six songs. Although six is still quite a lot, I guess. Um, right. So you're going to buy one of these memorial songs to put on your memorial iPod. Um, Bummer. Own it forever. Here's your choices. Seasons of Love, I'll Stand By You, Fire and Rain, If I Die Young, No Surrender, and Make You Feel My Love. I might do Fire and Rain. That is my choice. I feel like it's the one I could most easily remove from the situation if I'm going to listen to it. Exactly. I feel like if I were to choose Amber Riley singing anything from this episode, that would put me like Over truly the top. flashbacks. And you yeah. can't do the Leah Michelle's like too real. Too real. Oh no, way um, too real. And as we discussed, I don't like the song uh, "If I Die Young." So, and No <laughs> right. Surrender's fine, but the cover of "Fire and Rain" was just better. Yeah, yeah. It sounded good. The package. So, win-win. Okay. All Oof. right. Woof. Yep. All right. Huh. But we did it. We did it. Um, the show is at Glee Aggressive. Glee Aggressive at gmail dot com. Um, what should they write in about this week, Karina? Oh, well, I also want to send out a thank you uh, to oh. longtime listener Sarah, who wrote in with answers to who would be doing Trash Panda. Oh, man, I totally missed that. I'm yeah, looking for I this really, now. Yes. So she's absolutely right that it would be a group number of, like, someone starts, maybe, like, even one of, like, the new kids like writer starts out and then they all like join in singing they're like it's okay we're it's all everything will be fine we lost the competition but we still have friends you know that kind of vibe yeah other um a duet between two rivals uh and they used this song to make up so marley and kitty was her example or rachel santana um (laughs) very valid um her also, third, like, in the uh, moment she thought of Will and Sue. Yes. I, uh, the most I cursed be option cool being a slow, sad duet between Kurt and Rachel after a fight. Um, oh, my God. Chef's kiss. That's brilliant. That's, that is absolutely The balladification cursed, of Trash Panda would be a crime, but she's right. She should say it. Here's the thing, though. That is the third alternative option that I've heard. For this song, Ian release an EP that is just Trash Panda, Trash Panda, Trash Panda ska, remixes, Trash Panda uh, ballad. What's the third? The third one was brought up to me by a work friend, which was, "Have you thought about doing a metal cover of this?" Trash Panda metal, Trash Panda Trash full Panda orchestration. Oh, Trash Panda full orchestration is the fucking dream. Yes, Trash Panda punk goes pop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be an easy one. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, write in for your trash panda ideas. Yes. What other, oh what other genre Sarah, should we you. cover? Um, uh, yes. In- Sorry, I'm like, I'm feeling so emotional now, like, reading this in real time after having just talked about this very sad episode. This is you know, delightful. We all needed some more levity. Um, yeah. And, Ian, speaking of trash panda, where can people find you and your, your wares? 
Yes, um, my whereabouts is uh, at ibroski on all the social media platforms, uh, enjbrodsky.com. Uh, what about you, Karina? Um, you can find me at Epic Adventure of, definitely on TikTok, at time of recording still on Twitter, although not that that really matters. Um, right. So, I guess just TikTok. Right. Uh, one day she's just going to say, and threads. I'm very much resisting joining threads. I just don't want to. It's, I don't blame, I mean, I don't blame you. It's, it's got, I like that it has very day one Twitter vibes. That's what it is. It's going to win because of the easy integration potential, but I just don't, don't trust it. (laughs) <laughs> that's i get that i mean the fact that uh, so many of us have trusted it so quickly at this point is incorrect right i, I just i'm tired we're, we're I'm still tired supporting mark zuckerberg Twitter america find me on tiktok uh, you're right you're right um yeah God. show is at. did we already say show is at clear yeah Dresser? we did i think we did okay great anyway um, but if you forgot check us out the show is at clear Dresser. yes instagram's well, what, your best bet for that one yeah um, yeah and thank you, folks, for listening to this episode. We know it was an anticipated one, in, whether good nor bad. Up to you. But that means you can join us next week when inexplicably we have to go to an episode entitled A Katie or a Gaga, which is another if you know, you know, but for an entirely different reason. Um, Y'all have been teasing me about this one for, I guess, how long have we been doing this? Two and a half years yeah, now? Yeah, so... Ian. Karina. Does this episode make you want to watch that next episode? Yes. I'll, I'll say yes. I mean, where are they going to go? Where could they go from here? I mean, that part as well. Um, and boy, the answer, it might shock you. <laughs> Glee. Aggressive. Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Glee. Aggressive. Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Glee. Glee. Aggressive.